start jump sequence terminates, Captain. Get the gravitational dampers online and open the blast aye, shield. Aye, sir. Bring us in closer. Aye, aye, sir. Moving us in on sublight drive. Extreme magnification. Aye, sir. The center of the galaxy. And there's our black hole. The experience of a lifetime, Captain. Let me put this on audio. You should be able to hear the magnetic resonance. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. The edge of time and space where the impossible can happen. Welcome to the event horizon. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, whatever is relevant for the part of the world you are in. Indeed, welcome to the Event Horizon, where the impossible happens. Join us each week at this time as we delve into the worlds of science fiction, fantasy, and science fact in all their forms. I'm your host, Gene Turnbow. With me today, instead of Susan Fox, is uh, Gary DeBaum, who is who was the first DJ for Krypton Radio and my co-host today. Say hi, Gary. Hi, Gary. <laughs> and... Oh boy, have we got a treat for you. We have Croonhammer and Shredhammer from the group Songhammer <laughs> here Song with us. Hammer. Here with us on the Event Horizon. Welcome to the show, guys. It's great having you on. And, it's and great I, to be on. Thank you for having us. Yeah, you're doing. Yeah, I, I, maybe I should have rephrased that, you know, because having having one on. <laughs> means something very different in England. I mean, they're probably over there uh, listening to this and giggling right now. Um, you know, I like to make the uh, the British giggle. It's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to misspeak in other countries. Yeah. We were corrected a few times about colloquialisms that uh, that we had absolutely no idea meant anything else anywhere else. Right, in Germany or <laughs> other places. Yeah. So you, you've done some traveling then. Yes. Yeah, we... Um, the band has uh, became international as of 2015. Uh, Blizzard Entertainment's been sending us around, and the first international show we did was Germany, uh, Cologne, Germany, Gamescom. Wow. Yeah, the Gamescom is insane because it's the largest video game convention in the world. There are 350,000 attendees, and it encompasses 12 what? halls, which is actually only one-third of the facility at Cologne Mess. What? Well, That's and each immense. of those halls, is, it's crazy because each one is like an L.A. convention center. It's, right. it's, it's mind-bogglingly huge. That sounds like, that sounds like uh, the city of San Diego multiplied by two. I mean, right, I've, right. I've, been, to, yeah. I've been to San Diego Comic-Con, and you have too. And I, Comic Con claims only 160,000 people, and you're saying that this is twice that? Yeah, yeah, 350. Oh and God. it is, when you're there, you really feel it. It's so many people. Yeah. So when you play to, when you play to crowds there, they are big, big, big crowds. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's large. And, you know, doing, uh, doing work for Blizzard is always, insanely fun and they definitely pull a crowd wherever they have us play you didn't start out uh working for blizzard did you you started out um on your own as a world of warcraft tribute band Is yeah that... and we you don't work for blizzard we're a third-party contractor that they hire it, uh -huh. but uh, it, it was pretty it was pretty neat to get to that point mm -hmm. we did um we, we uh, decided to enter in 2011. Right? Yeah, 2011. Their original song contest with We Are the Horde and won that. And then uh, in 2013, we ended up competing for their talent competition. It was their first ever talent competition. And we competed, uh, performed. It was actually our first performance as Songhammer, the band. Right. And uh, it was for 25,000 people live. And almost a million people through direct tv worldwide yep in 150 countries that was their, their first gig that yeah. is that's it, that's incredible i mean do, do you do you like um look at each other sometimes and and wonder if you're if this is like real life absolutely there's a lot of pinching yeah i was about to say pinch me i have more or less been positive all my life that video games armor and fantasy were correct everyone else thought it was crazy but i'm not surprised at all right it's real yeah <laughs> um uh Hammer, i noticed in your skype profile mm -hmm. that it says if i can imagine it i can do it 
Um, yeah, I can. <laughs> tell me, tell me about that and how it affected, uh, uh, how it affected how things came out. Well, the um, the contest itself was was open. I mean, the first one and the second one, the talent and song contest, to you know anyone really that wanted to enter them who was interested in Blizzard's universe. I'm not even sure if you had to be a player or not. I don't think so. No, not at that time. Now you have to have a battle net account, right. I believe. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but. Um, uh, Shredhammer and I were in different musical projects as we have been for, you know, we've been playing for over 25 years each. Cumulatively, Songhammer has over 100 years of musical experience. Right, if you if you add all the band members together. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, like a, a musical Ultron. Yeah, it's, and uh, I like to think of myself as the green arm. Mm. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> so what we ended up doing was... Uh, Kroonhammer, who was an avid Warcraft player, basically said to me, hey, what if we created a couple songs? There's this convention that I go to, and it's amazing, and we could we could probably win their song competition. And so we thought, yeah, all right, you know, well, let's, let's record a couple songs. So we both wrote songs, and then we collaborated on each of those songs, and we, we put them both in to the competition, and lo and behold, we won. Yeah, it, it really, back to your question about the, the mission statement, you know, trying to be happy is hard. I mean, if you, I was thinking about the difference between artists, and I was talking to my wife about the difference between artists and normal people. Normal people work all their lives so that at the end of their life, they can take 20 or 30 years and, and do what they want. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's amazing. I mean, God, that would be so much easier. But... um as an artist, you work all of your life and hope you don't die before you're done. Right. <laughs> so there's there's a drive that's like way past, you know, and, and it's not just the music, it's it's the video games. And what, I think it really just comes down to letting yourself be open, particularly if you're an artist, to, to what experiences there are and getting pushed around by other people's thoughts and ideas. And um, that's kind of what we do. One of the reasons we are able to encounter so many opportunities is because we adapt very quickly mm-hmm. to the environments we're in and are able to... <clears throat> You know, for example, with Blizzard, um, what we do is obviously very complementary to their product and their needs, and, and we love them, so it's easy. That's true when it comes to adapting to whether it's scoring a movie or doing a title track for a, a show or a movie or, you know, whatever it is that we're doing. We, as artists, uh, just try to mold ourselves to whatever the need is. So you've done, um, you've done soundtrack work. Yeah. yeah, we just recently finished scoring a movie uh, that's going to be out hopefully in the spring that uh, stars uh, Danny Trejo and Brian Austin Green and Vinnie Jones. Wow. Yeah. Tom Sizemore, too. It's, right. uh, it's What's called the... Cross 2. It's, it's, uh... it's a say, say the name again? Cross. Uh, what, what's the official title? Is I it? think the official title is Cross Wars, um, if you do an IMDb search. Uh-huh. And uh, it's... It's basically a sequel to a movie that was the Cross. filmed, yeah, called The Cross, about almost ten years ago, and uh, it was a kind of a passion project for the director producer, and he got the same cast back together to do a sequel, and was looking for some kind of unique scoring, and we said we can do unique scoring, and yeah, the uh, the protagonist has like Celtic superpowers related to an amulet, and they're fighting, you know, for humanity so it's kind of like right up right up uh, yeah. right up your alley it's yeah. right up your alley yeah wow yeah. yes it really does sound like that it sounds like that's exactly it's right, up, right up our alley too James so <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah it's uh, that that does sound like it's exactly spot on I mean it was like an opportunity that was just created for you it, it was fun too yeah. I mean film score is not like making records it's very very different mm-hmm. what we found was that uh, when you're doing a film score you were so used to making these rich, lush, big track songs that have lots of melodies and counter melodies. And we, we started doing all this score work and we're like, we got to pull out the melody. We got to pull out the counter melody. <laughs> you know? We realized, oh man, we're, we're doing too much. Really? I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have suspected that. I wouldn't or, have suspected that that would be a problem. Yeah. The other, the other possibility is your John Williams. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's <laughs> and only one guy is him. So that makes it hard. Right. Wow. But it's, yeah. Film score is a blast. It's, uh, and, and honestly, as a musician, um, it's really hard to earn an income. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh so yeah. Yes. So film score is, is an area that, um, that is helpful because it, it pays pretty well. And if you can get enough work doing it, it doesn't take the kind of resources that 
you know touring does or I mean it's 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 like making a bunch of records all the time but it doesn't have the the resource draw that the other things does it has pretty good income so yeah yeah uh, doing the tours has got to be uh wow I mean it's essential to keep your public profile up but oh my god uh, the the amount of energy that that requires I think would kill any mortal man well, and the way that Songhammer approaches touring and performing is a little different than your average band because we play not exclusively, but the ma- the majority of the shows that we do are for conventions. Uh-huh. And so, you know, we tend to, you know, ping around like a ping like a ping pong ball, bang, bang, bang. You know, we're all over the place instead of a lot of a traditional rock band will, you know, pile into a motorhome or a van or a bus or whatever, and they go across country and they're hitting towns as they go, and we have to either you know perform one weekend in san diego another weekend in oakland another weekend in right. you know mm-hmm. wherever and so we have to either fly or you know travel in different ways to get to those places because conventions aren't just one in a row <laughs> right yeah it's it's um i've done we've done uh some traveling recently for krypton radio we were just at uh Aresia in boston Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, last month, and um, we were guests of honor. They they made us radio guests of honor. They invented a category so that they could bring us out. And, Excellent. <laughs> and uh, as fun as it was, it was also a logistical nightmare. I mean, we we just had a basically a gig box, and that was it. And that, right. and that was tough enough. I can't imagine what it must be like uh, with all the gear that you guys have. They, they get a writer. Yeah, we, we have a writer that basically, if we're if we're playing out of state or if we're playing somewhere that's you know out of country, uh, we have a, a hefty writer, and basically the convention rents all of the instruments and extra things, and we come with armor and or, or occasionally our sponsors will provide that as they did, right, they yeah. did with a great deal of the gear in uh, in Germany. Germany. Yeah. Wow, I, the the logistics of the whole thing it just boggles my mind. I um, I can't imagine how. Do you have like somebody who just does nothing but coordinate all that crap? <laughs> oh man! I if wish. only. <laughs> no, we, what what the the glamour of rock and roll and of uh, being independent artists is that we spend ninety eight percent of all of our time doing office work. Uh, I was going to say ninety seven, but yeah, right. <laughs> you're probably right. Yeah, it's all it's all office work. But the other thing about about us when we do travel is we we've made it easy on ourselves. We're um one of our sponsors is Line Six. Mm-hmm. They have really high tech guitar um, equipment, particularly, but uh, we don't need amplifiers. Right. Uh, we use pods that go direct into the house. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's pretty basic. We don't we don't really have to use much. We because we're uh, because we have been sponsored by them. It's amazing what we have as a guitar player and and for both of us as musicians who played in bands that have toured around and played. It, we were very resistant at first to use, you know, some new technology and to use very new tech. You don't need an amp as a guitar, right? Right. It it doesn't seem right. <laughs> yeah, that seems a little wonky. I mean, well, actually, you have hundreds of amps because right. it, it it digitally models anything you want. So instead of having your one amplifier, you have any amplifier that you can think or imagine, and then on top of it, you can put them together and biamp them, which would be like you, the guitarist, standing between two different amps, running a chord out that brought the signal through at the same time and layering them. And on top of that, we use in-ear monitors, so that way we're able to, they can pipe that stuff directly into our ears and directly out to the audience, so we don't have to, we don't have to have as much on stage with us, right. mm-hmm. but we still have this huge sound because right. those those pods, which act as our amplifiers, which are very small, they are incredibly powerful and they sound amazing. And I've got wow. a, uh, my guitar is a, a Variax, a Line 6 Variax, and it does almost the same thing, except it's, it's a guitar. Right. Including acoustic, it's an electric guitar, but it simulates acoustic guitars, it simulates all kinds of different instruments. Yeah, I was going yeah. to ask you how you got that amazing sound, and now I'm starting to realize that there is a great deal of technology behind that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A ton. In fact, we're, uh, we've been working on pre-production for new music right now, and we layer and layer and layer tracks and when we're playing live we play with sequence uh, tracks as well mm-hmm. so it, we have orchestrated strings and we have synthesizers and we have keys and big huge backing vocals and extra bass and mm-hmm. digital drums that go along with all 
couple of live musicians, a drummer, three guitar players, all that. It's, it ends up a, it's a rock symphony. It is. It's a done. rock opera. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, uh, the M20D, which is the unit that helps us do that, the Line 6, uh, it basically allows us to travel with an orchestra, which, you know, right. we would never, ever be able to afford. <laughs> oh, my to God. Pay them. Yeah. Although I've seen it, Video Games Live, right? right? That did Gamescom with us, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. They bought, I think they, they used the Budapest it Symphony. It was the Budapest Symphony, yeah. Holy crap, that was awesome. Beautiful. I've heard recordings of that, and it's it's just, uh, it it leaves you speechless. It's just... Oh, uh, totally. Yeah, there's, there's nothing like a live orchestra, uh, you know, performing... Uh, I mean, video game music these days is so much more advanced than it was uh, even five years ago. Oh, know, sure. Never mind twenty. I was a game developer. Yeah, it's it's gone. It's gone all cinematic now. Oh, it, it is. It's and it's beautiful and it's lush. And oh, it, it's it, it looks. Yeah, it looks great. But I'm fifty now, and I don't have the reflexes I used to have to play a lot of these games. And you know, right now I'm just stopped at Lego Dimensions, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm kind of a an RPG guy, you know, kind of for the same reason. You know, I uh, my son uh, is playing. Um, oh, I can't remember the name of the thing. I well, it it's a. Um, if he were here, he could answer the question. But it's it's a, a Japanese uh, fighter game. It's sort of oh. like Giver, but but uh, it's the action is really frenetic. And it's right, just in constant, yeah, very, very fast. And it's constant yeah. motion, right? And he does great in it, and the music in that is fantastic, and and right. it's it's just this whole visceral experience. Yeah. But uh, uh, you know, my thing lately has been, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yes, I'm six years behind the curve. I'm playing Skyrim, uh, but the, oh, the, and there's a the, and actually they're about to come out with more. Yeah, those are beautiful games too. I mean, yeah. one of, one of the earliest. Um, earliest games that I was really into was the uh, the Elder Scrolls. Mm-hmm. Right? Oblivion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Morrowind Elder Scrolls. I loved that. I didn't finish it because it was sucking my life away. Which is the <laughs> right. same Well it was such a it was so big and so pretty. Yeah. yeah. You could just I just stopped doing the objectives, you know? I was running around doing the, the guild stuff and dungeons and you didn't have to do any of the objectives. The game itself was relatively short, could be completed mm-hmm. in a, a number of hours, but uh I never got halfway because it was just too interesting. Yeah, Skyrim is is much, much, much bigger than that. Right, uh, of course. Yeah, it's got uh, it, the the story thread for it actually uh, forks about halfway through, and then you have this incredibly rich uh, story thread depending on which choice you make at, at okay. about the midpoint. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the extensions add even more of that, and each has their own uh, orchestral score. Right, uh, well, and it's okay. just. You're just wandering in the wilderness, and you hear this amazing music. Uh, have you? That happens to us a lot, right? We we kind of live that. It, yeah, it, the music follows us. So, <laughs> have you have you done? Uh, what have you done besides uh, uh, your your albums, obviously, and your um, your appearances at BlizzCon and the the movie soundtracks? Have you done game game work as well? No, not. I mean, not. We've we've talked to three or four companies, mm-hmm. and Blizzard, because of our contest wins, is able to use our stuff. So they've they've done things in conjunction. I don't think they've placed anything into a franchise, right? But advertisements and stuff. So we're uh-huh. working on it. We yeah, love that we have done. Uh, we've done some title tracks for other movies as well. There's uh-huh. a movie called Bloodsucker Jones that we did right. the title track for. Yeah, we... Bloodsucker Jones versus the Creeping Death. Right, my bad. Bloodsucker <laughs> Jones. Oh yeah, I love that. And it's yeah. it's one of the cuts on Krypton Radio. We we oh, love yeah, that one. Awesome. Right. Yeah. As yeah much- that, so that one uh, we did exclusively for them, and then we ended up putting it on our last album, which was great. And um, oh, there's another movie that we've licensed. Or, well, there's a few movies we've yeah. licensed to actually, yeah. uh, like Nonstop to Comic Con, and a yeah. few mm-hmm. others that we've got to do music placement for as well which is it which is really sometimes fun. we don't always write new scores if you're a, a film franchise and you want a song or you don't have the budget for a complete composition you can get what is called a sync license where we're just licensing your use of our existing material right ah oh, so that's how that works that happens. yeah, yeah that's awesome. it is because your catalog doesn't expire and as long as you don't do it exclusively you can keep licensing it so it's it's you really it's almost impossible to make enough money if you don't license music as an artist mm mm-hmm. mhm yeah, that makes that makes sense to me. Well, the Bloodsucker Jones, I want to expand on that a little. Just to, yeah. uh, I'm not sure whether you guys knew this or not, but Preston Gant, 
Oh, right. Uh, Bloodsucker Jones is on a, on a Lifetime Network show, Little Women L.A. with his wife, Elena Gant, mm. which uh, mm-hmm. is like huge. Yeah, I mean, it's very big. It's, yeah, it's like one of the one of the most popular shows out there. And uh, he's pretty awesome. The uh, director is Justin Armeo, but the director of photography, the cinematographer is Randy Jordan. And he's the guy that directed our Legion music video right. and shot it. So you can expect good things from that. And uh, Cindy Rice yeah. was the producer of your Legion video. Yeah, right. okay, Are you Rice. the one that's friends with Cindy? Yeah, yeah, I am. That's how, that's actually how I uh, how I learned that you guys existed because she turned me on to you. Oh, awesome. Man. She is like worth her weight in diamonds. Yeah, she's she is our absolute favorite, and she has worked all of our videos actually. And she's our agent. Yeah, right. <laughs> So that helps. <laughs> yeah, so she but doesn't. She... It's because she, she's so competent at everything. We ran out right. of money I, when we when we were finishing. Death is on the way. We ran out of money because holy crap, we spent so much money on that stupid mm-hmm. amount. Yeah, we we had no idea. We took a hundred people out into the woods and eleven horses and <laughs> right. involved the Department of Forestry. It was totally absurd. <laughs> it was it was a <laughs> large. It was this independent film which we didn't realize at the time, but because we had no scope, we we're just right. you know. Rock Let's make a rock video in the forest with horses and a big fight and and and. And we had gotten about halfway down that road, uh-huh. and, and uh, someone introduced us to Cindy, and she looked at what we were doing, and she goes, "Okay, let's do it." <laughs> <laughs> well, and she started piling on things. All right, now we're going to need you know, uh, you know, a director of photography. Oh. Now we're going to need a this. Now we're going to. We're like. Wait, wait, why do we need all these people? She's like, trust me, what you've created has to have all this, or you're going to drown. She was absolutely right. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, she is. She is a brilliant woman and one of the nicest yeah. people you'd ever meet. Well, she, and the end result was awesome too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we ran out of we ran out of money, so you know we had these VFX we wanted to do. We're out of money. We're like getting quotes, and they're like you know more thousands than, of dollars. Yeah, more yeah. than our whole video budget. We're like, man, what are we going to do? Cindy's like, okay, don't worry about it. She took like three days. And just figured out how to how to create like movie the ma- magic. Yeah. yeah, I told her, look at the Harry Potter Voldemort stuff. She just figured out how to do it. So okay, I got it, and and just did it. She did like, a bunch was... of YouTube tutorials, <laughs> taught herself, and then voila, and just made it happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. She is. It's like I was saying. She is a she is a brilliant woman, yeah. and uh, and the the other thing is that she's extremely well connected. And she if she doesn't know how to do it herself, she knows somebody who does. Oh, Absolutely, yeah. and uh, and nobody can say no to her. She's just well, one of those she, people. She's very, um, she's good with authority and, and kind and uh-huh. every, everything that we aren't. So she's got a backbone. Well, no, it's too hard to be your own agent. Yeah, it's it is. Like, it's really tough. It's really tough. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're, she's the sweetest we, bad cop ever. Yes, we've got the we've got the same issue. You know, running the radio station. I'm I'm. Sure pretty okay at, at scheduling and and uh running the mixer board but when it comes to promoting the station boy i could use some help <laughs> right yeah and we we fall down there too it's right. when you're when you're a one-man show or four-man show it's a yeah it's impossible we divide and conquer and that helps but you know there's only so much time in the day and and we're uh we live on artists' payment. <laughs> so, how long does it take to prepare for a show like uh, like BlizzCon? You were there uh, November fourth uh, of two thousand sixteen, and right. you did you pre- you premiered uh, you debuted Legion there, as I remember. Right, right. There was a couple songs that we had never played in uh, for Blizzard North America. Oh, Overwatch. Yeah, we played it in Germany, but only. Yeah. And also, uh, Heroes of the Storm. Uh-huh. So those were all songs that at least the blizzard crowd north america hadn't heard yet which we were really excited about yeah the overwatch thing was fun because um we weren't allowed to uh the only place we were allowed to perform it was gamescom prior to right Overwatch wasn't launched right so what ended up happening was we talked to blizzard about we wanted to write a song to you know honor overwatch because <clears throat> we were seeing all the hype about the game because overwatch is awesome it totally is yeah my son and bought so- me a copy <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And so before it went into beta, we Blizzard had us come to the campus, and we ended up getting to play against the dev team, the development team. Because that's fair. Yeah, they yeah right. <laughs> I bet they did. Yeah. And, but we were, and we told them we want to do some research, and we want to write a you know a, a dope song for the game, and that's exactly what we did. We got to do that, and then 
after we wrote it, we sent them, you know, after we took it through production, we sent it to them and they're like, this is awesome. We want to debut it in Germany at Gamescom and we're going to do a big push, you know, for Overwatch. <laughs> we said, yes. Yeah. Would, would you mind if we uh, uh, played a clip from that? No, do it. Yeah. Okay. So it's just called Overwatch, and it's uh, the the thing that I like about the music that you're doing now is that uh, you have grown so much as musicians. I mean, taking this, taking the original concept of of Songhammer, and and uh, it has been knitting itself together and getting tighter and tighter as you go. And uh, your newest stuff is just so tight and so strong and so amazing. Uh, in in terms of the production value and the the strength of the pieces, and uh, w- what we just heard is a fantastic example of that. And the the newer stuff, what we find is that we get more picky as we as we mm-hmm. go, and so the level of you know for us the level of of what we deem perfection gets higher and higher. And so a song like Legion, you know, is is a it's hundreds of hours of work. Yeah. You know? And our um, our uh, mix engineer loves us and hates us because we come in we come in with eighty tracks, and we spend as much time doing one or two tracks as most bands do doing an entire album. We, it's it's not not post production, but in total, a, a good round number is somewhere in the neighborhood of five hundred hours per track. Oh my god! <laughs> and that's that's from you, you know, know people... initial tracks to doing vocals to bringing in guitars to you know starting layering with keyboards, drums, you know, all that kind of stuff. And we're doing all that in our home studio, and and sometimes we throw it all away after two weeks and start yeah. over. <laughs> well, or or we completely, you know, say, hey, this like a great example is Legion. We we went through what three different ver- or four different verses, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, where we actually changed the entire music uh, composition for the verses because we just didn't feel like it was in the right place. And, re- and then we landed on what we really thought was great. You realize that Michael Giacchino, who wrote the score for Rogue One wrote the entire score for that movie in less time than you spend doing one track. Right, right. <laughs> that's, because, that's because he's brilliant. Yeah, he's, he's probably 500 times smarter than Right. you got to put a dumb factor on, and that's why it yeah. takes so long. But, 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 some of the score guys, I, I've encountered that before. Yeah, I've, worked, I've, I've seen people that, you know, I heard about a lady that did a turnaround in two days for an hour of music, which I... For a movie, you know, I can't even kind of imagine my my. Uh, what I like to tell myself is that she had, you know, like a score locked up in a safe somewhere, uh-huh. <laughs> just she, waiting for I, that, waiting for the right moment and the right uh, right, right show this, to trot yeah. it out. Well, I, I want to do that now. I think we should hide a score and then um, right. wait until just the perfect emergency comes up and call the guy back fifteen minutes later and say, "Here it is." I think that's a bad idea because then they get a rap that they that said these guys did this in like a day. And, well, yeah, uh, then you subcontract. We well, and then you know, you know the no, reward no, for what you do is you have it already written. Then right. you say, okay, let me work on it. Then you spend two weeks just goofing off, right. and then you say, here's the here's the score. And right. they're the and they're amazed that you got it done that fast. So th- this we tell them this composition can only be done in the Bahamas. Right. I like that <laughs> right. too. <laughs> I, I believe in Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan. Scotty, you know, tells the the young engineer, you know, he's like, "Hey, we can get this done in such and such a time." And he's like, "No, you always tell him it's going to take more time, and then when you do it quicker, you're a miracle worker." Yes, 
And so yeah. that's, <laughs> that's the idea. But yeah, we take a long time with the music, but, but also, you know, if Blizzard's gonna, you know, put something out, you know, and, and have us perform their gigs or, if another company is going to, you know, use our music or have us represent them as the band for their convention, we feel like the music's got to be, you know, as wacky as we are, the music mm-hmm. has to be very serious and top and, shelf. Yeah, really top shelf. Well, and, and this is what we're doing with our life, you know. I mean, we 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 should put out the best work there is as often as we can, and we're we just work on it until we're happy, and that that takes a long time. And, and people yeah, think we're nuts, like even you know, oh, even other band members. <laughs> yeah, they're like, what are you guys doing? How come this takes so long? We were done a, a year ago. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 even even at the very very end, there, there's a time where we get into final mix issues, and I won't hear something he hears, he won't hear something I hear, and we've just learned to to follow it through, and, and it ends up the right way. It's really nice um, having writing partners because right. it um it strength tests everything you know different different perspectives are necessary and and it's really common to end up liking somebody else's idea better it, it happens all the time and i think that that's one of the reasons that songhammer music is uh is so vibrant is because it's not just coming from one place it's a synthesis <clears throat> yeah. yeah totally we like to think of ourselves as armor wearing beetles yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think all beetles wear armor. If you're oh right, about right, the insects. So that's not yeah. Helpful. That's yeah. beetles right. with an A. Armor. Oh yeah, that kind of beetles too. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's like uh, uh, I think John Lennon said: every time you spell beetles with an A, we get the money. <laughs> yeah, nice. Well, that's brilliant. Yeah, oh, I admire that. Awesome. One of the one of the most complicated things about being an artist is. is and we've talked about that. I've said this twice. It's hard to make money as an artist. But, you know, the other thing is artistically, most people with artistic temperaments are not particularly good at uh, at business. Right? That's, that's very true. It's it's you almost have to be uh, it's a kind of schizophrenia, really, to be an artist and a businessman or a, right. bus- or yeah. a business person. You, you almost have to be schizophrenic. Is, so free flowing and moving and, you know, and, and doing business is, is brass tacks and down and, to business. And a lot. Yeah. And, and, and a lot details. Contract. Yeah. A contract. Oh my God. You learned so much about contract law, about how not to get screwed simply by, because you left some important clause off of it. You know, like right. if you're going to, no, you don't sign away your, you don't give them the rights. You give them first release rights. <laughs> Well, <laughs> you know, well, stuff like that. The price tag is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it, it does because a lot of times, um, like for movie scoring, yeah, they'll mm-hmm. want to own the composition. And what you have to do going going into that as an artist is you have to make sure that it's worth it for you. We we um, we parted with uh, scores because the companies wanted to own them. Now, not right. any of the Songhammer material that exists on our records, the sync licenses, but uh-huh. the. Uh, when we when we sell a movie score, it's common that they buy it, and right. you know it, it feels a little weird. It's kind of like selling your dog, right? Yeah, it feels feels a little bad, but you know you just gotta. Now my dog, there's no amount of money that you can get him because he's he's dog hammer and he cosplays, and I love him. But you know, <laughs> for everyone, dog of you, hammer, all dog your other other dog what, what is the price tag? So you know you just have to for the for the, uh, the it has to make sense. You have to say, well, what's it worth? You know, like you're willing to do one kind of work for one amount of money, what will it cost you to dig a 20-foot hole? Well, maybe right. that should be more because I really don't want to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, w- even recently, we, we parted with you know a score, but also a title track song that we really oh. loved. And it was it's one of those, like Legion, that we spent you know hundreds of hours on. And uh, they really, they, they needed it, actually. They needed the, the for license distribution. Yeah, for distribution because it was a, a big company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that was doing it and so we said okay we can do that but we needed to adjust where the o's were yeah <laughs> yeah and, and it worked you know it was it was great but uh, and we're very proud of what we created there but you know it's just uh takes some getting used to it does so uh i'd like to play another song um uh, that you spent 500 hours on the one that right. we've been talking about legion which uh, you debuted on november 4th 2016 yes. at blizzcon <laughs> with your kind permission let's do it let's rock it die, die. Run away, I'll be beat. 
watching the video was that it was like destruction 101 <laughs> did you yeah, well, did you shoot that at a at a at a, a, a community college or we we did and, uh, and one of the reasons that uh that that happened is because once again we're always <laughs> looking for production resources as, as i'm sure you know you oh, and yeah. the other uh-huh. artists would understand and uh the the cg stuff the studio work. I mean, that, that is an environment. We wanted a, a secondary environment and we're, we're at a school. So I'm thinking we had to think, well, what, you know, what, right. what would we, what conveys Legion that we could do at a school? It'll communicate what, what we're trying to say and, and energize people for the expansion. And, and uh, it just seemed like a perfect opportunity. What we started thinking about was, you know, from an infrastructure standpoint, what sort of resources would Azeroth need to train its combatants? Right. You know, and the <laughs> demon hunter before their eyes get plucked out. Yeah, uh-huh. because demon hunters, like, you yeah, know, they, you gotta... they have it rough, but they're also really powerful. You want to make sure they're trained. If you right. just unleashed them, there'd be problems, as right. we found out a with Illidan. Bit, right. It's chaos. You know, he, he destroys Azeroth. So we thought we needed to help, you know, show the brass tacks of creating a demon hunter. And so demon hunter... 101 or legion 101 i think is what we called our classroom yeah 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 Yeah, but it it was great too because uh so where we were actually filming you know they had uh we were walking distance from the green screen studio area to the actual classroom and Mm -hmm. we had some incredible people that dressed up the sets and you know got it 
got it ready so that it looked great. And then the cosplayers who are in that video, oh, man. they are literally BlizzCon competition winning cosplayers a and, lot of them. and Blizzard employees, some of them. Some you know, of them. It, it's, uh, and, then, and then just buddies. Yeah, totally. Cosplay buddies. But, I mean, that video represents some insane high-end cosplay. I <laughs> saw that. It was That was some of the sweetest uh, costuming work I have ever seen. You know, and leave it to uh, leave it to World of Warcraft. You know, the artists who designed that stuff to create uh, just visually imposing designs. You know, it's just so much fun right. to watch. Well, then, then the second thing is, you can imagine if you've been around cosplayers that you know, costuming is sometimes fragile. Right. Often oh, yeah. fragile. The more innate it is, generally the more fragile it is. And I don't know if you noticed, but that fight scene was pretty crazy. So putting right. putting putting a <laughs> fight scene that's that frenetic together with you know <laughs> with really uh, 15 or 20 cosplayers you know all in the room together and now it, all uh, of them are was... going all of them are going my god i think i broke my left ass you know no, <laughs> you know actually yeah. the opposite that as soon as those people suited up and started swinging it, um, they weren't even cosplaying anymore it was just a brawl and actually it was insane i mean we worked everybody worked incredibly hard all day long and that fight scene was towards the end of the day right. and, and you know we thought oh man they might not have the energy you know or whatever yeah no, energy fall absolutely off absolutely the opposite they 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 just got more and more energized as they were bashing into each other. That's wow. <laughs> here's a here's a set tip 101. Provide your cast with energy drinks at lunchtime. No matter, no matter what it costs, it's worth it. Right. Well, when we do a rock video, actually, Cindy, uh, she said one of her, her key rules, and we've stuck to this every time that we shot a, a rock video, is, you know, the the cast and crew that are fed well, We'll work hard yep. and are happy, and so we do. We the majority of our money goes into craft services. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's almost always. I, I used to do uh, practical effects on uh, movies and and uh, oh. television shows, and I would be on the set, and the craft services truck was like the thing. Oh yeah. Well, and we'll we'll go so far as we hire you know people to come in and do it, or if we if we need to, we'll make you know homemade lasagnas or what whatever it takes to make those people happy. Which, we're going to do which it. is the best craft services in the world. <laughs> right, by the way. Right. People people lose their minds when he makes lasagna for shoots. <laughs> yeah, that's that's making me hungry just thinking about yeah, it. See, there you go. Yeah, and there's even the the veggie and the vegan because you got to have all those. Yeah, it's, well, and I, it's true, and actually because. You know, as we're working, and as you so in all of our videos, you see, you know, we usually have anything from, you know, like Death is on the Way, where there's literally 100 people involved in the video. And 12 animals. And 12 animals. <laughs> and then, you know, to, to Legion, where we have, you know, 20 professional cosplayers on top of other people that are in the video. And no, no, wait, they weren't on top of anyone. Just, no, right, just right. Just to clarify. Right. No, not that. Just smashing. Right, go. right. <laughs> it's still It's still family friendly. Violence, right. but PG. Hundred <laughs> percent. Right. We draw a line at innuendos. Right. Yeah, you know, and and we do too because it makes it makes what we do accessible to everyone, not just right. those right. over That's a certain true. age or something like that. Yeah, because we play conventions and because we're in the public eye so much, you know, and not all you know geek niche artists do this, nope. but we <laughs> we know because we play with them. Uh -huh. But we try to keep it you know family friendly because we want a for the radio and the media to be able to use the material carte blanche no matter what, and then also it. I mean, a lot of times like we have to sign legal documents saying, hey, we won't yeah. you know drop an f bomb. On oh yeah, stage particularly Directv. Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah, and most right. of most of our radio carriers. Uh, um, we are heard on every electronic device that makes a sound and connects to the internet. Awesome. Right. All, all of them. All of them. And most of them, uh, most of the third-party carriers uh, uh, have a clause in their contracts that says that we can't, you know, we have, we can't say the seven forbidden words right, you know, right. and, and we can't do uh, sexual content or innuendo or anything like that. Right. Yeah. So it's the well, same thing for, for us. It's helped because you know we no door is ever closed for us, and so it, it allows us to be as versatile as possible. Yeah, and it really doesn't suit our sensibilities anyway. We're right. just geeks out there trying to have fun, basically writing fight music for other geeks. Now we're not afraid to write a love song <laughs> right. for the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> the song you shoot, I'll drive on uh, Take Around on My Spaceship album is. Uh, it's basically a disco slash Michael Jackson themed, you know, 
get down for the zombie apocalypse. Well, and, and <laughs> it's a practical guide to how to survive. If, right. you, if you ever find yourself in a disco and suddenly, oh no, what? everybody's become a zombie. And, you know, your date is a zombie. <laughs> yeah, trying, trying to, you go for uh-huh. a kiss and she comes in with the teeth. And, and uh, there's only one way to get away and that's, you know, uh, this why this why I don't go around. Well, you gotta get you gotta steal a car. From a we gotta zombie. steal a zombie car because they don't, they can't drive. I mean, right. we haven't seen that, right? And there's no driving zombies right. to knowledge, are there? No, and, no, and, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, maybe that should be in our video. Well, I don't know if they, they really should. If they have the autonomic function to drive a car, are they even a zombie anymore? No, they're more like a, a flesh eating. Uh... No, at that point, they're taxi drivers. Oh, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> For all you taxi drivers out there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, man. Yeah, awesome. Um, But yeah, yeah, that's, you know, we uh, we like to have fun. You know, when we're writing music, we're working on a tune right now that's that's also like this kind of disco theme thing. We like disco. Getting into a club. You're You're not the only one. I moonlight. Gino's this on another internet radio station that doesn't have a big audience like Krypton Radio. It's classic rock, but oh, awesome. every now and then, every now and then, I would do disco night, and instead of starting off with something obvious like the Bee Gees, right? I'd start it off with Die for Disco. Oh, awesome! <laughs> That's great. That is so. Dope. So yeah. So yeah. Uh, some classic rock radio listeners are getting a taste of Songhammer from me. That's awesome. well. Well, we'll have a new tune coming your way in the months to come that will we be worthy of that too. So and and we are we are working on a third album now. We've been working on. It for do you some have a time. Do you have a title for it yet? No, no, we don't. The, 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 the two that you've got so far are the the uh, the first two albums are the the newest one is take uh, take a ride on my spaceship. And what was yeah, the first the one first called? One is- World of Songhammer. World of Songhammer. And uh, the difference between the first album and the second one is just, it's just stellar. I mean, that you guys improved. The the second album is, the first album was great, but the second album was so much better. And I'm really looking. <laughs> That's great. You know, I think it, it, you guys learned so much from working together and, and, and uh, you grew as musicians and you, and the way you work together uh, uh, just sort of synchronized and clicked in the second well, album, and 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 that's absolutely true. It, it, toward the beginning of the first record, we right. had, we had been managing our own projects for twenty years each. It was it, there was a learning curve, and, right. and as you said, it did, it was a little different. But I agree with you. It's uh, it's it's improved, you know, so much. Well, the we understanding how the both of us write and understanding our writing styles, we were able on the second album to start writing material to our strengths right. for one another. And so if we were writing a piece or working on a piece, we knew, oh, hey, you could sing this part or I could sing this part and it would really shine or, you know, the, oh, man, you know, this we could do a verse like this on this song that would be great, you know, featuring you. or, And so as a result of that, between like the, the Kroonhammer, Shredhammer trade-off, which we do all the time in, in the music, you... We, we've learned how to kind of play to our strengths a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, it's just it's pretty incredible to <clears throat> to be able to work with someone and do that. I'm sure you know anyone who has a job where they have coworkers feels that way. But as an artist, you know it's uh, it, a lot of people can't do it. it, it people right. get too attached to their ideas. But when you let go, you know we, we learned that. I mean, working with people like Cindy and and it just keeps going. The bigger your productions get, the more people are involved, and and the more people you find that you let open up their creative lights and really shine on your project, the, the better it'll be. Every, yeah, every time. True. Ladies and gentlemen, what a coincidence. Been... Yeah. <laughs> no, there was something there was something earlier on Facebook about a particular band which remained nameless and the lead singer was very has been known to be extremely arrogant and all that. And right. uh right. <laughs> with I mean with you guys, like I said, it's just and, and their albums, it all sounds the same. Mm-hmm. Right. So with well, you guys with you guys it's like, you know, each song is different, and like you right. said, you work off each other's strengths, which is which is great. Well, and you know uh, the new material we're working on, we have everything from you know metal and stuff like Legion to you know disco type pieces. We have a bluegrass piece that we're working on. Bluegrass, yeah, this I've got to hear. Yeah, I mean, so and the for one thing, we have to have a very diverse canon in order to perform at conventions. Because it's a mixed audience. Yeah, the audience is going to not like all metal or all rock or all this. And so we have to be able to do some fun, 
you know, poppy mm-hmm. type songs and some disco songs. And, you know, a great example is like doing something like uh, uh, Armies of the Light, which is such a pop song. Or I'm a Hero. Yeah, or I'm a Hero, you know, on the first album. Those are like straight up pop type songs. And then, you know, you have Cataclysm, which is mm-hmm. metal. And so we, we just, we feel like we're so lucky to be able to play any genre that we like as long as it's catchy and strong you know we can play anywhere. well and it's got that distinctive song hammer sound ladies and gentlemen we have been talking to song hammer uh, i'm sorry shred hammer and croon hammer of the group song hammer and you have been listening to the event horizon here on krypton radio gentlemen it has been a real real joy having you on the show Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having us. And just as a gift to your listeners, you can go to songhammer.com right now and download our song Legion for free. And if you'd like to see any of our other stuff, via songhammer.com. You can find all of our social media. You can find us at Songhammer, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Songhammer1 on YouTube. And uh, go get your free song. We love you. You have been listening to episode 162 of Krypton Radio's weekly production of The Event Horizon for February 25th, 2017. Our guests this afternoon have been Croonhammer and Shredhammer, gods of geek rock, the mighty, mighty songhammer. Your hosts have been Gene Turnbow and Krypton Radio DJ Gary DeBomb. This episode is the first to air at our new episode kickoff time of 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. This episode will air again at the same time tomorrow and two more times on the following Thursday and Saturday mornings at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern, so the other half of the world can hear us at a convenient time. Once all the air times have passed, you will find this episode and others on iTunes, Stitcher, and on our own website at kryptonradio.com as podcasts. Krypton Radio is listener-supported geek culture radio, and though some of our money does come from advertising, most of it comes from avid listeners just like you. If you enjoy listening to Krypton Radio, please help us out so that we can stay on the air. Visit patreon.com slash kryptonradio and contribute whatever you can. Even $5 a month makes an enormous difference because it all adds up. Single drops of water can add up to a tidal wave, and that can keep your favorite radio station and shows like this one on the air and thriving. If you are an artist, writer, actor, or other creator, and you would like to appear as a guest on the Event Horizon, please contact our production manager, Kat Carter, at catcarter at kryptonradio.com. The Event Horizon title sequence was written and produced by Gene Turnbow. The science officer was played by science fiction illustrator Mark Schirmeister. The engineer was Christian B. McGuire. The navigator was Christine Sherry. And the captain was voiced by science fiction grandmaster Larry Nevin. This program is copyright 2017 by Krypton Media Group Incorporated. The Event Horizon on Krypton Radio. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi.